You're listening to the New Churches Podcast, a production of Send Network on newchurches.com. We discuss all things church planning. If you're looking to take your next strategic step towards multiplication, you're in the right place. Newchurches.com has a new look, a new host, and new resources. Take a minute and check out the Church Planning Masterclass with lessons from leaders like Matt Chandler, D.A. Horton, Trillia Newbell, and more at newchurches.com. Hey, welcome to the New Churches Podcast. My name's Clint Clifton, and today I'm joined by Todd Adkins. Uh, Todd. Yeah, there you are, Todd. Todd's been with us before. He is uh, he's the director of leadership development over at Lifeway, a little outfit you might have heard of in Nashville. And these guys are doing great work in uh, developing leaders and developed uh, some, some a suite of tools around the leadership pipeline and all kinds of stuff. And so hopefully you'll go check that that stuff out. But today uh, we are going to talk about um, about the the power of capturing great moments in the life of your church plan. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and not that you want to um, manufacture a moment, mm-hmm. but there are things that we can do that will make you know the environment most conducive to that. Like you know it. it, it um, I'm already wading into it in a way I probably shouldn't. But, you know, when you get up and speak on a Sunday morning, um, you don't know if somebody is going to be uh, moved and, you know, come forward to your invitation um, or not. Yeah. But you better do whatever you can to set that moment up. Mm. You know, the Holy Spirit is the person that is going to be moving them. But you need to do everything in your power, you know, kind of to make that moment quote unquote, happen. And so Power of Moments is a business book, most definitely. Um, But it talks about, hey, here's why, you know, certain experiences that you look back on your life, here's kind of the underlying thing of how those happened. And, Mm. um, you know, it's important for us to have moments and mile markers in our in our walk with Christ. It's also important to have moments and mile markers in the life uh, of our church early on and to, I think, get some of those wins early on is big. And this book is just a, a way to help um, that happen. Yeah. Todd, I think one of the reasons why church planners are maybe skeptical of this idea is because of the sort of Charles Finney-esque, you know, revivalism of the past that has uh, that has really crossed the line into what, what most church planning pastors would consider manipulation. And, um, right. and, and so I think what we've done in, in a large measure in church planning is we've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We've said, um, we, so we've overcorrected a bit and said, uh, because of this, we don't want to programmatize anything, want everything to be organic, want everything to uh, just happen as it happens. And um, in, in so doing, we've lost some of those critical opportunities for real progress and success to be made in our local ministries. Absolutely. So, you know, when you think of, so you just wrapped this book up as well. So, you know, this is really kind of a book breakdown. Um, Books by Chip and Dan Heath, you know, they wrote Made to Stick. They wrote Decisive. They wrote another book called Switch. Writing a book called Switch and Decisive is interesting. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, they're all good books. If you've read a Chip and Dan Heath book, you know it. Um, and this is one of my favorites just because of the way that they break down, uh, you know, kind of having breakthrough moments. Mm -hmm. So in my day to day, you know, uh, 
role at Lifeway, when I do pipeline, I'm not doing like, I don't, we don't do the event anymore. We used to do a massive events. Uh, and we decided, you know what, people really come for the coaching days mm -hmm. and that's where they see the most movement forward because they have some type of breakthrough moment, some kind of aha moment that is, you know, an insight. It's uh, a connection that they didn't see before. It's, um, it's elevation. You know, these are some of the elements that they break down in this book. And so it, it's really interesting to say, ah, now I can put a name on that. And if I can put a name on that, perhaps I can not manufacture or manipulate, but set the environment up so that those things are most conducive to happen. Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways, the phrase I've used over the years uh, to talk about this is, and I think I heard somebody else say it, but um, I want to set the table. I want to light the candles, but I want to recognize that I can't make the romance happen. You know, I, there's going to be a, a, a recognition on my part that the real magical thing that's going to happen in ministry is the work of the spirit. It's the word the work the word does in somebody's life. Um, but I can I do want to create an environment where people will come to the table and, and so they might experience the Lord in a, in a really special way. And so, I mean, I just think about, um, uh, uh, I, I couldn't help when I was thinking through the book, Power of Moments, when I was listening through it, I listened to it on audio, and when I was listening through it, I was thinking as much about my um, my children and raising my children as I was about the church planning work that, w that we do together and the ministry work we do together. Because the Power of Moments, in some ways, is, is obvious in ministry life. We have marks on our calendar, even things like, you know, you know, Christmas and uh, Mission Sunday and Adoption Sunday and things like that that create a little bit of a moment for us to focus on something. Um, but even in the life of my kids, I just thought about how it's possible for us to like pass by um, and, and not capture key and critical moments in in their lives and and um, really set up a, an occasion where I get to communicate something that's important to them that I want to communicate or I want them to have some kind of memorable moment with me. And I just think about in my family how important that is and how I wouldn't want my kids to get out of the household without having some of those important moments with me or a lot of those, a memory full of important moments like that. And I just think in our church planning work, we want to see the same thing happen. We want people to be able to leave really remembering and having encountered the Lord and, and feeling changed. So I think that's important. And again, you know, as you said, uh, I like the analogy of setting the table, lighting the candles, you know, creating that ambiance. Um, the way that these guys break this down is there's four different types of moments. There's an elevation moment, which, you know, you do something that rises so far above the everyday. It creates uh, a memorable experience just by the overwhelming, you know, sensory of pleasure or element of surprise or an extraordinary thing. When I think of that, I think like um, passion or catalyst, right. the old days of catalyst when somebody's riding in on an elephant, that, that <laughs> you may, uh, you, you may think like in hindsight, that seems cheesy and that seems whatever, but what that did was it really opened your brain up uh, and allowed you to have insight because a lot of what happens is, you know, one of these, uh, it's two of these four that usually are a combo that gets you to a moment supposedly mm -hmm. uh, from the author's. The next will be insight, and that's where you're creating um, an intense moment of insight where people understand themselves and 
the world better and how those things relate uh, to each other. And it's kind of an aha moment. And for churches, a lot of that, uh, a lot of time, that's when the a church leader is able to get away and spend, you know, a day or two with their staff. And uh, if they're lucky enough to have one or their launch team and just say, okay, you know, um, let's break down the last year or let's think about the next year or whatever it might be. But in some way, shape or form, they have, gotten away and they're able to have clarity and get an insight into things the way they haven't seen it before and how they relate to uh, themselves and each other. Mm. And then pride is where you have a big achievement. Um, and, you know, you're, you you really complete an audacious goal together. And that may be where, you know, your team goes out and does some, something that's the traditional team building thing. I yeah. think uh, sometimes with your kids, it could be completely different. It could be you know, we did this section of the Appalachian Trail or we climbed this or, you know, whatever it is, you can think of it in that way. And then lastly is connection. So elevation, mm -hmm. insight, pride and connection. And that's where, um, you know, we're coming together uh, with family or friends uh, or a team and we're experiencing a, an important event together. And it's that connection. Maybe it's a celebration of that first year or. Uh, you know, the great launch or whatever it was. And then saying, okay, it's not enough just to celebrate. Are there other elements that we can tie in here? How do we tie in insight to that connection? How mm -hmm. do we tie in elevation or pride or, or whatever it might be? Because that's how you create a moment. It's not just one of those things. Yeah, It's combining two. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, that, that can be a really big, um, transition or milestone, um, moment. Yeah. And Todd, don't you think we get kind of in church life, we get stuck in these ruts where um, we do the same uh, calendar, the same programs that we've seen. We've, we're running the play um, that we've seen run before us so many times. And so instead of really um, doing the hard creative work of, of sitting down and thinking about how we can uh, create an environment or an experience where people are likely to grow, to be discipled, to get closer to Jesus. Um, we're just simply kind of running the pattern or the calendar or the play that we've seen uh, happen so many times before. And that kind of apathy sort of lulls us into to not having those moments. People walk in and out week after week, and they don't have those sort of moments. It just takes us stopping and taking a fresh look at at what it is that we're doing. And I found that even, you know, often church planners go out because they feel critical of the way church leaders and more established churches have been doing it and they want to do it more novelly, but it doesn't take but a year or two until the church planners are falling into the same sort of patterns. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and part of what it is, is it's the inertia of your own success. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's success of just staying open. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's really, it is growth. And so you get on that train and, you know, um, when I'm doing pipeline with churches, actually newer churches and legacy churches have some of the same issues when they've experienced growth. Legacy churches, it's just the amount of decisions and, and uh, complications within the systems that have been put there over the course of time. Um, and it's just accumulation. Newer uh, church plants and uh, that are successful, uh, a lot of times what happens there is 
men, they've just been moving so fast that they didn't have time to think about their systems and they right. are just trying to keep their nose above water. And so it's good to take a, a deep breath and go, okay, from a structure systems processes perspective, what do we need to prune out, you know, in, in order to grow? And that, that should be an annual event um, because you're not going to have margin to think about, you know, setting the table and lighting the candles. Um, you're just going to, you know, continue delivering um, meals to the table. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're throwing TV dinners there. And you, you, <laughs> you didn't even know it. But right. it's like, well, no, everybody's got to have their own thing. Everybody has their own taste. So the only way to do it was to get Lunchables for everybody instead of, um, you know, something that is uh, unique uh, to us and homemade and that actually everybody likes because they're part of our family. They're family favorites. Right. When I'm thinking about church planning specifically, um, I, 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 I'm just trying to make this real for the church planner who's listening. What are some of those um, potential opportunities in the early stages of a church plant that maybe don't exist later as the church gets gets larger. Can you think of anything that seems like um, these power of moment principles might be captured in those early stages of a core team of a new church or or the launch or or the first year or so of a new church? Yeah, I mean, um, I think things, especially around the launch of the church, is, is crucial. Mm -hmm. And as we said before, you know, there's there's like 90 days. It's hard. Let's be honest. You know, it's it's years um, sometimes to, to get to that launch date. But those last 90 days are just a grind. And yeah. then the next 90 days are some of the most important that you have to yeah. build on that inertia of success. So in my mind, that launch uh, day, even though, you know, you want to go home and and slump in the chair and rest, um, you can't, and, and that's not to say you don't do that a week from now, but you better have something planned to take advantage of that moment in time and, you know, say, okay, we are going to, you know, make a connection back to each other and, you know, why we did this and all of that. And we're going to make an elevation in that. Now, you know, here's the next thing that we're calling each other to do. And we can do this. Look at what we've done. We can do this. So that would be the, the you know, overlap of connection and elevation. Or it might be um, a sense of, uh, of pride. I would say you may want to stick away from that one because this is a secular <laughs> book. And elevation is probably the best thing. Yeah. Um, but then that, net, that first 90 days that, you know, after launch, I do think it's a time to gather up your leaders again. Um, and have that connection, but this time it's insight and insight into, you know, here's something that you probably don't know, or here's, here's all the things that we found out, um, in the first 90 days, here's some places where we were agile and we were able to move, you know, week by week, but here's some things that we're going to do, you know, moving forward so that everybody sees, you know, why we're doing this, still connecting it, um, why we're doing this together uh, is is really key. So it's that why piece, um, but man, it, it really people have to understand 
how this matters moving forward and that where they're fitting into where, you know, where we, where they're fitting into it and where we're ultimately going as a church plant. Yeah. And I, I think if you think of it in those terms, then you can realistically say, okay, I can even plan now for what I'm going to do at launch and then what I'm going to do after that first 90 days, you know, after yeah. launch when we're just all, we're all kind of dragging because that's going to rejuvenate. Um, it's going to rejuvenate your volunteers and hopefully rejuvenate you as well. Yeah. I think one of the, yeah, I mean, you just touched on one of the biggest mistakes I see church planners making is, is thinking completely about the beginning of their church services, their launch day, and thinking little or n- nothing about the, the life of their church and the systems and rhythms of their church uh, after that first day. I mean, it's kind of like, it's, um, you know, it's, it's very similar to thinking about the wedding a lot, but not about the marriage at all. Um, because right. really, really, if you're thinking in terms, terms of what's most consequential, um, it's not the wedding. It's, it's certainly, it's certainly what, what kind of husband, uh, you are, what kind of wife you are. So those sorts of things is really important to be thinking about that, that long-term piece. Um, one one thing that this reminds me of, this conversation reminds me of, and I thought of several times while while I was listening to the book, is that our esteemed colleague, Dr. Ed Stetzer, has um, a course uh, that I, I looked over um, a while back that I think it's called Maximizing the Big Day. And that course is really an argument for recapturing what was probably pretty popular like back in the 70s and 80s, which was, um, you know, big days in the life of our church. Rather, it's sort of, it's sort of fallen out of vogue to have big days. We used to have um, the church I grew up in, we used to have Pack-A-Pew Sunday, you know, where it was like the goal to get get a bunch of folks in in the church um, or bring your friend day. You know, there was quarterly a friend day where we brought friends and that stuff. I, I don't know about you, but to my generation, I think that rings as like makes the hair on the back of our neck stand up and it is uh, a little corny. But, you know, in throwing that whole lot out, we have really lost something, don't you think? I, I, I think that's totally true. And it's in part, it's probably because they're picturing somebody in the church that they grew up in or, or the per- first place that they served. You right. know, they were student pastor yeah. at this church or that church or, or whatever. And they can remember two or three people that, you know, would throw in their face, I was here on this Sunday mm-hmm. or when this happened. Yeah. And you can't think of it in that way. I know that it makes you, it makes you want to push that off. But the reason why that person is still there is the power of that moment. Right. Right. So think about that. Yeah. Uh, I would say as you're planning your church, the, the reason why some of the people that annoyed you were still around yeah. was because of the power of that moment. And yeah. so, you know, we, we need to take full advantage of, of that moment that we have. And then, you know, look forward down the line to say, okay, and, and this is where we're going, you know, we're really focusing on, on moving forward. The, the interesting thing that you talk about, um, at the beginning of the, the broadcast when you were like, okay, you know, this, I think people have gotten away from a, 
um, you know, the altar call a little bit because mm -hmm. it smacks of, of this or that. Well, if you go back 40 years in time, there are two things that are present today that we kind of push off that got uh, hijacked. And that was the altar call and membership. Yeah. Both of those got hijacked 40 years ago. Yeah. So membership, the research came out that members uh, give more, pray more, um, participate, you know, more in the life of the church and they're healthier spiritually, all that. So what did we do? <laughs> made we everybody a member. membership. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not what made them. It wasn't because uh, of their magic box that they checked and they were a member. Um, it was, it was, they were a member because in part because these were these things. So, and now we like dismiss membership. Yeah. Um, or likewise, you know, the, the altar call and the reality is, um, man, like if my church isn't regularly given one, I don't know if I can go there. I'm that, I'm not that old, but I am that, um, old school, uh, because as a student pastor, I can still remember being able to deliver a mediocre sermon and never knowing, you know, it, there's so many times where I think, I uh, I dropped the ball, yeah. or bailed, and then like three kids come to know Christ. Right. And you're like, this is the best job ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so so I would say don't throw those things out. Um, don't treat them uh, like they're a tool. Um, yeah. But do think of them as a moment. And, yeah. you know, we're guilty of baptism as the same thing in the life of our church, in the life of that person. That is a very, very, very powerful moment in the life of that person that we should steward well. Yeah. So maybe go through the ins and outs of, of uh, church life and think, Hey, what should we be more focused on in making this, you know, be more intentional about making this a moment. And then uh, are there any things that we can get rid of so that we can have more margin yeah. to make those things? I think the important thing to say, especially on the conversation about, Finney and, and, and altar calls and revivalism and all of that, is there were some real abuses there? I mean, uh, uh, you, the, the things you bring up um, are, are completely true, but I think like, like we do so much in church life, there was sort of some negative components to it or it got a little out of hand or a little unhealthy uh, in some instances, not even in the, in the bulk but in some instances, and we we sort of said this whole entire practice is isn't good anymore. Um, just like a you know a few years ago when we said organic is good, we we said program is bad, and then that meant that was a sort of sweeping decision across all of churches that became like a a little infection that that went all throughout evangelical churches, um, where uh, you know young evangelical leaders they anything that smelled like a program, tasted like a program, looked like a program was all of a sudden not to be used. The problem is when the program becomes preeminent. The problem is, is you know, you have to remember whether it's preaching or program or whatever PR you want is the, the, the program is for the people. The people yeah. are not for your program, right? Um, your preaching is for the people. The people are not for your preaching. Yeah, that's good. Um, so it, it's really putting, you know, that in the right mind and the right point of view, um, you know, programs come and go. Uh, but it's the real question is what is the purpose of that program? 
How does it align with the purposes of the church? What are the processes of that program? And how are we making sure that we are being absolutely wonderful stewards of the time that people are giving us and the experience uh, that they're given? That's great. Uh, Todd, it's been a great conversation. So if you're listening, uh, recapture some key moments in the life of your ministry to help people um, uh, get close to get close to the Lord, experience uh, community and faith in a way that they haven't before. So also recommend the book, Power of Moments. Uh, recognize it's a business book and uh, not everything in there is going to be applicable, but there's some really good principles in there that will help you in your pastoral leadership. Thanks, Todd. You've been listening to the New Churches Podcast, brought to you by Send Network. If you liked what you heard, take a minute to rate and review us or share this episode with a friend. It's the best way to show your support. To find more reliable resources and to participate in the Church Planning Masterclass, visit newchurches.com.